What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the College Game Time Podcast. I am your host, Trey Smith, and we are the fastest growing show for the American Athletic Conference. Today, you are going to get your realignment fix. Hadn't really talked about that much since the start of the season, but I want to dive into this Oregon State, Washington State sort of pack two versus the departing members, the restraining order that got approved. There was a meeting that was supposed to happen today. And I really want to look at where that's at, what they're fighting over, what the options are at this point, and then really how does it impact the American Athletic Conference? Because at this point, we've got two factions as far as fans are concerned within the American Athletic, within the AAC. You have one faction who is hoping that the Pac-2 wins this battle and chooses to backfill because these particular fans are hoping that their team is one of the teams that gets poached to join the rebuilt Pac so that they could be considered Power 5. Whether that be Memphis, whether that... I'm not saying all Memphis fans, but I know I know a chunk of them. Or, or some of the other teams I've talked about who have been linked... Uh, to to the pack whether that i can't remember none of them are like tulane usf even rice because of their aau distinction regardless one faction of the fan bases is is hoping the pack to wins and then poaches their team the other faction of american athletic conference fans really has moved on at this point it's like okay we're gonna lose smu army's coming in that's a that's as far as I'm concerned, that's a, that's a great trade out. Uh, not that I wanted to lose SMU by any means, but if you're going to lose them to replace them with Army and then possibly maybe go after um, VCU on the basketball side of things. So I think most, most people are kind of like done with it, over it, but maybe keeping one eye on it to see, all right, are we in danger of being raided as far as the American Athletic Conference is concerned? And so I think that faction of fans don't really care how it plays out from here as long as the American Athletic Conference doesn't get uh, doesn't lose any more teams. And so that's kind of where that stands. And so it's like, all right, I haven't been super plugged in and tapped in because it seems like the American Conference was sort of the focal point of realignment there for a few weeks. And then now it's kind of fizzled out. But I'm still keeping an eye out. I want to give you some information, whatever side you're on, whether you're on the side that's hoping to be a part of this pack rebuild or whether you're on the side that's like, I don't care what happens with them as long as my conference doesn't get touched, whatever side you're on, we're going to look at some information on this episode. First off, I'm going to bring you up to speed on where things are at. And then we're going to kind of look more closely at what they're fighting over. And I do have an interesting theory as to what might happen if the pack two wins this fight. And some of you are thinking like, what fight? Well, I'm going to explain that in just a second. But before I get into it, if you're watching on YouTube, you know what to do. Like, subscribe, comment at the end, share it with a friend. If you're listening on one of the streaming platforms, please give this a five-star rating. Leave a review. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts right now, I am asking you to please just look at your phone and click the fifth star. It literally takes two seconds. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it as we continue to grow this show. All right, let's get into it. So in case you are not sure 
where things are at and what's happening because ever since the American Conference sort of removed itself from westward expansion, you've quit worrying about what was happening with Oregon State, Washington State. Basically what happened um, on Monday, a couple days ago, was a judge granted a request by Oregon State and Washington State for a temporary restraining order to prevent departing Pac-12 members from meeting until it can be determined who has the right to chart the future of the disintegrating conference or of the Pac-12 conference. Um, essentially what was supposed to happen today was there was going to be a meeting of the presidents. I think it was, and allegedly they were going to vote to amend some bylaws. Now, some people are running with that saying that, oh, they were going to vote to resolve, to dissolve the conference, or they were going to vote to notify the NCAA of, of the conference's cease of operations. And you got these two teams over here saying, no, 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 hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Y'all are all leaving. You don't get to vote on the future of this conference. So I don't know if we have any concrete information on what that meeting today was supposed to be about specifically other than they were going to amend some conference bylaws, allegedly. Here's what the big talk has been through this whole process, right? You've got the PAC too, and they talk about these assets, right? There's assets that are still affiliated with the conference. What are those assets? Well, it's tens of millions of dollars in NCAA tournament financial units. In other words, the money that teams have earned over the past six years, because that money gets paid out over six years, the money that teams have earned by playing in the NCAA tournament. That number is around 60 to $65 million still to be paid out over time to the PAC conference. Um, I did a little research here, and this is what I want to read to you directly. If a school leaves a conference to join another league and the former conference remains operational, the basketball performance fund, which are those units you earn from March Madness, previously earned by the school remain with the former conference. In other words, if I'm UCLA and I made a run to the final four, like I did just a couple years ago, and that netted just my final four run was anywhere between probably eight to 12 million to be paid out. If I leave, that money stays with the conference. Just making sure. I know most of you already know that. I just want to make sure if you're listening or watching that you understand that that's how that operates. However, the NCAA's revenue distribution plan states this, quote, each institution retains the units it earned in the performance fund, end quote, if a conference notifies the NCAA that it has ceased operations. In other words, if the conference is ceasing operations, then any units that were earned by individual teams, those individual teams keep them. Most of you already know that. I get it. But I want to make sure everyone's clear that that's what this fight is over. Because if Oregon State and Washington State are able to retain all of these assets, well, now they feel like, all right, we can, we can be a little more patient, pick and choose which teams we want to add in rebuilding this conference. So at this point now, and I don't know when they're going to go to court. I mean, the restraining order basically prevented 
um, uh, the, the members from meeting today. And now what they're going to have to decide is who has voting rights as it pertains to the current institutions. Do the departing schools still have voting rights or is it only Oregon State and Washington State? So there's two options now. The first one is, what if the PAC-2 loses this court case? It's a possibility. You're up against some, you know, there's a strength in numbers game here. And I'm sure ultimately the bylaws and whatever is in writing is going to essentially prevail. But oftentimes money also prevails. And so I don't know how much power in those particular rooms, the universities that are, that are on the departing side have. Um, bottom line is, is if the PAC-2 were to lose this court case, which I don't know that that looks very likely right now given the circumstances, but chances are there's, there's a vote to cease operations. And that means essentially the Oregon state and Washington state are going to have to join the mountain West. That, that is basically the default option at this point. It would not be a merger because the only way you can consider it a merger is if the assets and the pack branding are still a part of that. Not so much the branding as much as the financial assets. Um, now, Oregon State would still get their shares of that basketball money because they, they, are, they would be entitled to some of those. Washington State, on the other hand, would not be because they didn't earn any of them. Um, and then, really, the Mountain West gets two additional teams, which certainly boosts that conference, uh, but they get no additional assets. You know, I think what, what makes this a grand slam for the Mountain West is if they can do it in a way where they get all those assets. But it's pretty evident that... The Pac-2 schools aren't interested in the bottom tier of the Mountain West um, or the American Athletic Conference for that matter. So that brings you to the next question, which is, well, what if the Pac wins? And when I say Pac, I'm talking about the, the Pac-2, the remaining two teams. What if they win this case? Well, I think as I just alluded to, that solidifies that a merger is completely off the table. Because now they're in control of all these assets and will probably feel confident enough to utilize that either to help transition themselves because they have time. They've got a, like a two-year window to build back up to at least eight teams. And then they feel like they can go poach whoever they want. Um, but here's the theory that I have. This is what I want to present to you on this episode, especially if you're an American Athletic Conference fan and you're either on one side hoping to get poached or you're on the side of, well, I don't want anyone else from my conference to, to, to leave. Could we see a Power Five conference come back into the equation if the Pac-2 does in fact win this case, retains all the voting rights, and retains all the assets? Here's why. I want to show you a visual. So I've been sitting here talking about that March Madness money. Let me get it up here on the screen. Okay. The war chest. <laughs> Sorry, I just, that word became a very big buzzword in realignment. So I just went and, and wanted to put it in one concise place as far as the basketball money, that $65 million where, where, like who earned it essentially? Who earned it for the conference? And we got to go back to 2019 simply because this money gets paid out over six years. Now, 
if my math is correct, I'm not sure where 2020, if that counts or not. I'm sure it does, but I want to say this upcoming year would be the last payment for those teams, for for the shares earned by those teams in 2019. But if we're looking, and keep in mind, this obviously doesn't include the 2024 because that hasn't happened yet, but uh, the pack would also get whatever units are earned in this upcoming season of March Madness from, from participating teams from the pack. But if you look at this chart, okay, what do we see a lot of? Look at it. We see a lot of UCLA and USC. Quite frankly, we see a lot of Big 10 and Big 12 on here. But really the one I'm focused on is the Big Big 10 representation. If you're if you're just listening right now and you're not seeing what I'm talking about, basically what I've showing right now is a chart where it's got the 2019 teams which were Arizona State, Oregon and Washington. 2021 was Colorado, Oregon, Oregon State, UCLA, and USC. Uh, 2022 was Arizona, was Arizona, UCLA, and USC. And then 2023 was Arizona, UCLA, Arizona State, and USC. Meaning these were all the teams that earned units from the March Madness tournament in those particular seasons. Meaning if... If the pack were to cease operations, these are the teams that would get their assets that they earn. They would get basically get this money back to their individual school. And if you look, man, there's a lot of UCLA and USC. And I know for UCLA, one of these, they made a run to the final four. And that, like I said earlier, that's a lot of money. That money can start to add up. And what the argument is right now is that The remaining two teams fear that the departing members are going to try and use all these assets to ease their transition to these new conferences. And the pack are like, well, hold up, hold up, because we're still here. Y'all left us hanging, but we're still here. So you're not going to vote to just completely leave us out to dry more than you already have. So my question is, as you're looking at this chart, and if you're listening, just know you've got UCLA and USC basically in 2021, 2022, and 2023. Could they not start to lobby the Big Ten to add Oregon State and Washington State so that these assets can be retained by the individual schools? Because even Oregon's still going to be, would still be, would still be entitled to some of the money from their appearances. And then Washington, I'm not sure how much more they have left because theirs was all the way back in 2019, but they're in the mix too. You also would retain a rivalry, two rivalries. <clears throat> and so I'll pull this chart back down, but think about that for a second. If the Pac-2 win this case, retain all the assets, could we see the Big 10 or even the Big 12, even though it seems like it's pretty noted they're, they're, they're done, I mean, as far as the Big 12 is concerned, you've got Arizona State on here, you've got Arizona on here, and you've got Colorado on here. So that's, that's assets that incoming teams they have would get in the event the pack chooses to, um, what, was the, what was the term? Let me look back there in my notes. The specific term used is 
cease operations. And I think the only way we see the PAC vote to cease operations, if the PAC-2 wins this, wins this case, the only way that conference ceases operations is if Oregon State and Washington State get a Power 5 home, Power 5 landing spot. And I, I'm just wondering, that's what I'm posing with this episode is, could we see the Big 10 or the Big 12 come back into the picture given the amount of assets, given the amount of money that their incoming teams would be entitled to if the conference ceases operations? I'm not saying that it is enough, but I know for sure if I'm USC and UCLA, which are some very significant brands that the Big 10 is getting. And this is a lot of money for both of those universities as it pertains to if you were to portion out this quote unquote war chest and you put it in a pie from March Madness money, most of that's going to be going to UCLA and USC. And so could we see them lobby the Big Ten to bring in those other two, the networks, whoever, to even strengthen that Western front of the Big Ten to begin with. Because, I mean, it seems like having more teams out there only helps the case. Um, and then it allows them to retain those assets. They're able to use utilize that however they see fit to ease this transition from, you know, the pack to the Big Ten. I don't know. Like I said, Oregon's also in there. Or could we see Arizona, Arizona State, and Colorado doing the same thing with your mark in the Big 12? And then, of course, ESPN getting those two teams into a conference that they have a deal with. Like, I, I don't know. But those are just some thoughts that I'm having as I actually put this as a visual and looked at, okay, we talk about these assets. We talk about this war chest. But what teams actually would be entitled to that money to begin with? Um, and would they, in the event of a court decision in favor of the pack too, would they begin to lobby their new conference to add these other two teams, Oregon state and Washington state. So I'm not ready to say that's completely off the table. I do think this court case ultimately is going to, going to kind of be the final domino for this, at least this round of realignment, because then that's going to determine whether or not the pack has the assets they need to backfill. But I think at this point, a merger is pretty much off the table. Um, I don't see the Mountain West being able to fully merge and get all those assets. I don't think Oregon State and Washington State are interested in that. I think if they retain all of it, they're going to want to pick and choose who they want to join their conference. And then, yeah, that's where I think the American Conference, we, we'd have to keep an eye on that and see. You know, I talked about it, I think, last week as it pertained to teams like Memphis, Tulane, and South Florida. Like, okay, you'd really, it's like you, you, would, you would almost be putting yourself in the same position Stanford and Cal just put themselves in. The difference is I don't know that you have the same uh, financial backing that, say, Stanford has to be able to make that happen. I'm still curious to see how this works out for Cal. Uh, I've kind of stopped following that so closely since the American was kind of, you know, well, we know what the American's fate is, is they're going to lose SMU. 
But I've seen just some headlines. I haven't researched it too much, but about there being like some potential like mutual uh, playing sites or something like that. In other words, they're, they're really having to over-accommodate those teams on the East Coast. And so it's like, okay, if you're Memphis, Tulane, or South Florida, are you wanting to put yourself in a position where you're having to be that way for the teams over on the West just for that Power 5 status? But maybe, maybe so. Maybe so. Um, and then, of course, there's a lot of other things that have to be considered. The media partner, as I've mentioned, you know, who, who's, what is that conference going to be? So, I don't know, man. Like, as this starts to kind of heat back up, I, I wonder, are these other Power 5 conferences like the Big 10 and the Big 12 really out of the running for Oregon State and Washington State? Or maybe I should say the other way around. Are, are Washington State and Oregon State really out of the running as far as receiving a bid or an invitation from the Big 10 or the Big 12 in the event they were to win this court case? So... If you're an American Conference fan, you know, hey, we'll keep one eye on it, one eye off of it. I'm sure if you're a fan of one of the teams that would be considered to join that rebuilt conference, you're going to be keeping two eyes on it, and I totally understand why. But those are just some of my thoughts, and I think we should, as we follow this, pay attention if the Big Ten or the Big 12 come into the conversation. Will some of these <clears throat> departing pack teams lobby their new conference to invite the remaining two pack schools so that they can retain their assets. Um, but do I think that's going to happen anytime soon? No, I think, I think they're going to let this play out because the truth is like the court could decide in favor of the majority of teams of departing teams or, or, or I, sh I should say vote. They could decide to allow all existing members to still have a vote while they're a member. You know, and I don't know what all the terms, I don't, I don't know what all that paperwork says. I would imagine in court, it's going to come down to whatever bylaws and what's currently in writing, whatever that says is what will hold up in court. So we'll let that be decided. And then if it is in fact in favor of the PAC 2 I'm curious to see how some of these teams that I just showed you and talked about on that, on that visual, on that chart, um, do they start to lobby their new conference to invite Oregon State and Washington State or not. Let me know what your thoughts are. I know this is kind of a, a, a non-football, more of a realignment type discussion, but let me know your thoughts. How do you think it's going to play out? Do you think it's feasible that these outgoing schools could lobby their new conference in the event they lose this court case to try to invite Oregon State or Washington State? Listen, Oregon State Washington State deserve it. They would deserve it, in my opinion. The student athletes do, at least, and the fans. Maybe not the administration. Maybe the administrations could have handled it differently so they wouldn't be in this position to begin with. I don't know, but the student athletes and the fan bases certainly do. Let me know your thoughts. And, um, yeah, that's it for today. Uh, until next time, Trey Smith, College Game Time. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.